New Zealand is one of the most beautiful places in the world. It also has more activities probably than any other destination that you could imagine. And I'm talking about outdoor activities, things like fishing, jet boating, uh, crazy bungee jumping and swinging over these gigantic canyons. But New Zealand also is an amazing place to go skiing. Their ski season's just about to start. It begins in mid-June and it goes through mid-September. And we're going to hear all about it from our guest today, Richie Owen, who is with Mount Hutt. Mount Hutt's part of the Southern Alps, as they call it. It's on the South Island of New Zealand. We're going to hear about some other places like Queenstown and, and just some of the amazing offerings that this country has to offer. And we are looking forward to our time. So gear up for this show and here we go. Thank you for listening to On The Lift Podcast, a Runaway Dumpster production. Live from Greenwater Studios, this is On The Lift Podcast, your weekly show that is ultimately about skiing. This is the show that ducks the rope, earns some turns, dances in ski boots, poaches hot tubs, closes the bar, and still makes it on the first chair. Here's your hosts, two dudes who rip the pow, shred the gnar, and tell the tales, Lance Hester and Michael Gore. All right, we are on the lift. The end of the season, but we're still talking skiing. Our Southern Hemisphere series is continuing, and uh, we have a great guest today. But first, Lance, how, how are you? What's, uh, what's been going on? Well, you know, um, gosh... I've been doing some planning for our, our podcast and I've been working, but yeah, I, I miss skiing. It's been a couple of weeks. So I'm thinking about trying to catch bachelor's closing day, which is on, uh, I guess by the time people hear this, it'll have been history, but it's on Memorial day weekend. So we'll see, might, might be able to pull that one off. How about you? You've been uh, getting any fun in? I'm pretty much switching to boating and fishing at this point. So I took the girls uh, ski gear back to, our local ski shop and they had pallets of skis all stacked up ready to go back to <laughs> Christie sports in Colorado. So that was quite, uh, quite a sight to see all those skis going back. So that, that being said, we're, we're pretty much have hung them up for the season, but uh, yeah, well, Lance, I'll uh, let you introduce our guest today since you, uh, you guys share something in common and that you both skied in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, I suspect <laughs> him significantly more than I, this is Richie Owen. How you doing, Richie? Good, thanks, James. How are you? We're good. Great. Well, why don't we let you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and where you do it, and then we'll get get. We I bet we have a bunch of questions about all those things. Awesome. Oh, kia ora. Anyway, um, welcome. My name's Richie. I'm from uh, Mount Hutt Ski Area in the South Island of New Zealand. So we're situated about an hour from Christchurch um, International Airport. Um, my hut sits at about 2,000 meters, so uh, excuse me, my, my feet in, is not the best, so it's at about 6,000 feet, I believe. 6, yep, yep, yep round about that sort of number. So um, great little ski field, and we're about to kick off our season June 11th, so um, we're about to get into winter. Um, quite exciting, obviously, um, this is the end of the season. It's starting to get cold, snowmaking's just fired up, and oh, good. probably one of the coolest developments for us this year and something um, we'd, we'd like to talk about obviously is um, we just put in a new eight high-speed eight-seater chairlift this year. So it's the first one in the Southern Hemisphere. 
um, yeah, excited, and we just got that up and running um, as of yesterday. So things oh, are looking wow. great. Oh, that's an exciting thing to look forward to, especially on the heels of what I imagine was not a winter last year. What did you guys do for 2020? Yeah, 2020 was an interesting one, I think, for everyone. You know, um, we, we probably no one really wants to talk about it, but um, I guess in New Zealand we were we were lucky enough to have a season, um, particularly for us in Canterbury, um, quite close to Christchurch, we were able to have uh, you know a really good customer base, and we we had a great season to be honest. Um, don't don't want to brag about it, but <laughs> we we're actually <laughs> we we're actually really lucky. Um, Snowwise wasn't one of the all-time bangers, but um, still a really really good season we, we were all pretty appreciative just to be able to get out on the snow and we really felt for for all of our um northern hemi ski areas uh everywhere you know it's a it's a great community and there was a, there was a lot of sad feeling out there that we were able to do it and uh and some other people weren't to the same degree so well you know i bet i bet a lot of our listeners you know i mean everyone's followed the pandemic and how it might affect them and so forth but probably a lot of people don't realize that new zealand was you know quite literally borders shut so i guess that's mm. that's why you were able to pull it off huh exactly we were border shut i think um one of the things that kind of helped us in that space was our skiers in new zealand all got together and um and rallied the government about hey look um should should we be in this pandemic um what's it going to look like how can we continue to operate safely um so collectively as a group they they negotiated really really well come up with some smart incentives to be able to operate under those levels so yeah we, we were particularly lucky and probably hats off to to the guys for getting together as a as a group and and rallying the government so interesting yeah wow mm. well great um well you got a new chair you um you've got before we got on air you mentioned that the i think you called it the bubble between you and uh australia's opened up so you're able to go promote your sport over there a little bit what's what, what's the hype like going into 2021 uh, uh, amazing amazing yeah um obviously a couple of weeks ago for us um for we it got announced that the new zealand bubble with australia would open so it means um free travel unquarantined travel between new zealand and australia so last week i was lucky enough to get over to melbourne um and go to a snow expo where all the skiers in, in the world are actually there. There's a lot from Northern Hemi as well, Japan, um, obviously Canada, uh, America, um, are all there. Um, and it's really good to talk to everyone. Um, obviously, New Zealand's the only thing that's on the cards right now for Australian guests. So, uh, you know, needless to say, as the Aussies would probably say, pretty frothy to get over here and uh, <laughs> and get some snow under the under the feet. So, yeah, okay. it's really, really good for us. Great, great news. A lot of our a lot of our local operators, you know, our small towns that we operate out of, you know, particularly Queenstown, and and Methven itself, where Mount Hutt is, um, you know, the the small towns struggle without the international guests. You know, it's really sad to see, and you know, we were lucky enough to have a season last year, but um, it was still a battle for a lot of businesses. So, you know, hopefully this little um this little kick will help everyone in the community. So, cool. Yeah. Okay. I've got a technical question about these eight person chairs because this isn't something <laughs> we've talked about yet. <laughs> so we have six person chairs are pretty common, especially out in the West coast of the United States or in the West. Uh, and you know, you see, so you see them, they have the bubble and you say they're heated as well. Um, this one's in, at Mount Hart. Our one is not a bubble. Um, okay. We chose not to choose the bubble. Um, I'll be honest and say we suffer from, you know, regular winds quite quite often yeah. at Mount Hutt. So the, the bubble really wasn't an option for, okay, for us yeah. in terms of that. Um, the seats, there's two options. You can have the heated seats. 
um, we didn't get the heated seats. The ride on this chairlift, it's a relatively small lift, so the, the ride time's only two minutes. Wow. Traveling at five, yeah, five meters a second. Um, so <laughs> we really, we looked at the heating, heated seats and we're like, well, probably not sitting on their bums long enough to make it, <laughs> to make <laughs> yeah. it viable. So I'm just wondering how they, and this is probably getting a little bit uh, in the weeds, but you know, I'm sure there's some listeners that are curious, how do they power them? Does it, does the power go through the cable or is there a battery that, how, how do they oh, get for the heated seats? For, for yeah. the heated seats, yeah. Yeah, I'm unsure. Are they shaking actually. up those pocket things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time somebody sits on it, it cracks yeah. one of the pocket Hold things. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> nah, sorry, Jens. I'm, I'm unsure how the actual heated seats okay. work on, on those ones. Yeah. We'll yeah. have to circle yeah. back unfortunately, on that. I'll, I'll uh, unfortunately, we didn't get them. <laughs> we got leather seats though that's pretty close <laughs> leather seats on a chairlift i love it hey whether it's leather seats on a chairlift heated seats on a chairlift or any other skiing antidote snowboarding anecdote that you want to give us how about hollering at us on the instagram site that we've got on the lift podcast is our name on instagram and we'd love to see your direct message your dm or hit us up on our phone number which is 253-260-4577 you can always check us out on the website too which is on the podcast.com we would love to hear from you you can fill out the old uh, feedback box on there or you can uh, send us a text or you can um, call us and leave us a voice message again 253-260-4577 let's get back to richie well i uh, i you know i was in Mount Hood, I'm afraid to even guess how long ago it was, but um, what impressed me about the place was, I mean, there's lots of things that impressed me about it. My, my first impression about it included the drive up. <laughs> so that was not for the faint of heart. Um, can you give our our, uh, our listeners a little description about what it's like uh, just, you know, approaching your mountain and, and what to expect sure. and just kind of the ambiance of it all? Sure. So pretty much Mount Hutt just pops out of the middle of the Canary Plains. So you have a massive flat area plains and you drive up and Mount Hutt just pops out of the middle of this, like I said before, 2000 meters. And then you've got this access road, which was put in by a volunteer group uh, way back in the 1973, you know, um, a bunch of guys just decided that they wanted a ski field up there and they'd put a road in. So um Pretty much the road, once you, you hit the access road, it's a gravel road, so it's unsealed. It's not um, bitumen. It's not, you know, um, there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, 12 kilometers of um, access road on a relatively steep, windy section of road. Yeah, it's been a lot of improvements for us over the years in terms of barriers. I don't know how long ago it was since you skied here, Lance, but um, <laughs> um, a lot more barriers, widening of the road. Um, there's been a huge amount of improvements with it. Um, yeah, but, um, it yeah, was. Uh, uh, honestly, it's still an adventure. Oh, yeah, I bet it is. I, I, I couldn't imagine at the time how you could do it any differently, but I remember the gravel. It was early season, so the, so the first two-thirds of it didn't have any uh, snow surrounding it. And it just looked like, you know, a... a forest service you know uh logging road yep. or something and it was yep. windy and and then you know add on top of that i i had a stick shift and i was sit, seated in the opposite side of a car that i was used to <laughs> lifting with my left hand <laughs> and uh you're yeah, lucky to be alive it was my second yeah exactly it was my second day there my first day driving the car and yeah i uh <laughs> it was it was um it was it was a good start to the new zealand uh adrenaline buzz which Kind yeah of a thing over there 
Well, it's quite cool because, you know, you step out of the car and you're already pumped for skiing. You know, you don't have to get sort of worked up. You've already done your warm-up, so that's the cool thing about it. <laughs> your heart's oh, no, but it, it, in all honesty, gents, um, there's been some huge improvements in the road and widening and barriers and whatnot. So, um, And obviously the way we service the road uh, over the summer, um, we spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on improving that road and improving the surface. So, um, yeah, and particularly this year as well. So we should see Good. some improvements in that one. Yeah. All right. I'm ready to try yeah. driving it again. So Yeah, um, come on up. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> so you, you guys have a collective of mountains that you're – that, that own Mount Hutt? What, which ones yep. are so, so NZ Ski is our company and collectively we have Mount Hutt. Obviously we have in Queenstown, we have Coronet Peak and Remarkables as well. So the other two ski areas based out of Queenstown. And then so, what's the drive well, to Queenstown? How far is that? I forget. So from, well, you, that's the thing. You've got a couple of options really. If you fly, you've got two airports. So you can fly directly into Christchurch. Like I said before, the Christchurch International Airport, it's one hour to Mount Hutt. If you choose to drive from Christchurch, to Queenstown, it's about a five-hour drive. Or your second option is to fly directly into um, Queenstown now. We have international flights into Queenstown. Mm. And then from Queenstown to Coronet Peak, it's only a 20-minute drive on a sealed road. You'll be happy to hear. It's a nice, cruisy <laughs> sealed road. <laughs> More like what you're probably used to, gents. And then um, Remarks on the other side is a road also, which is 40 minutes from Queenstown. Okay. Um, a road that's very, very, very similar to Mount Hutt in terms of its uh, windiness, but it is sealed um 80 percent of the way so it's the last little section of the road which is not sealed so Got there's it. been some huge improvements there too so yeah well if you have, if any of the listeners check out the website while they're uh while they're listening to this the um uh, you know j there's a really cool um you know aerial picture of the uh of the area and it includes some of the road the last probably kilometer of road mm. heading up there and they'll get a sense of it i guess if they just look at that well cool um oh. yeah go ahead mike sorry go ahead oh, i thought you were about to ask something no no oh. sorry i'm <laughs> <laughs> muted because i got some background noise going here but I, yeah i was just looking at the website too which we've kind of been doing this when we're talking to people about resorts and trying to wrap our heads around it i don't know if it helps but it just to help us kind of paint the picture and you know, listen to your description. Wow, this place is amazing. Um, just the the images, right when you open up the website, it's just yeah, it's nicely it's, done. It's yeah, really nicely done. I mean, it looks like Valdez style peaks and ridges and spines almost. They've gotten this really good angle on it, but then you can see the valley just kind of down below. So it really just pops out of the the countryside. Really yeah. cool looking place. So it's above yeah. treeline. How far above treeline is it, Ricky? <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good one. I was hoping you to sort of bring that up. It's kind of different in New Zealand. Our tree line finishes at, at around about 800 meters, if not a little bit lower than that, our native tree line. So um, all of our ski areas in New Zealand are above the tree line. So it's vast open bowl areas. There's no sort of definition with trails between trees. Um, so pretty much everything's on offer, you know. Um, snow conditions are good enough and you're able to get you can pretty much ski wherever you want which is kind of a different concept to to a lot of ski fields in the northern hemi europe and so forth so japan whatnot so yeah it's a cool concept so uh, you know on a map uh, they look really small and i mean you know but you've got to keep in mind that the whole mountain itself is actually open to to ski like a big open bowl so it's yeah it's pretty cool yeah was the uh, the the stability of the snowpack? Is it is it pretty? Uh, is the snow pretty dry? Is it tend to be kind of like a little bit more coastal, where it's a little more cohesive, definitely safer? 
Yeah, definitely more coastal. Um, we're quite close mm. to the coast here, probably only um, less than 100 kilometres away to the coast. Okay. Um, southeast aspect at Mount Hutt. Um, so that means we hold the snow really well, um, but also means we get affected by the wind a little bit. So generally when it snows, it's quite a lot of wind with it. We get wind-packed snow and those kind of coastal type conditions. So snowpack generally um, is pretty stable, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Down in Queenstown, you, it's quite funny, you know, the two skiers that we operate, Coronet Peak Remarkable, sit, um, you know, opposite each other on the valley. There's a massive valley in the middle where Queenstown is. You know, they're so close together, you can see the, the other ski field from across the valley, but the conditions, you know, are totally different, as you oh, guys wow. will understand, just with yeah. different aspects, different, you know, just, and that, that's what's quite cool about when you ski Queenstown, you know, you can look across the way and maybe remarks is better snow this week than Coronet Peak, and so you, you can chop and change quite easily, which is a nice, nice offering, so. Very that's nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys going to have a, a, like, lift ticket reservations and the kinds of things that we've seen over here uh, to address the COVID concerns this year? No, we, uh, it's an interesting question. And it was one that came up uh, last week in, in Melbourne. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. The, the couple of first questions was, Oh, how do I, how do I reserve tickets? And I was kind of like, what do you mean? How do you reserve tickets? <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, um, just buy a lift ticket and head on up and we're, we're happy to have you on our mountains, you know? Yeah. So we're very lucky. We're very lucky. We haven't had an issue with that. We, we don't anticipate it that we'll have to do that at all. So normal, normal status quo for us, buy a ticket, come on up. Um, the cool thing with us is you can also, you know, you can buy a ticket and it's valid across the three mountains. So yeah, nice. some people off. might, yeah, yeah some people might fly in, fly into Christchurch, do a couple of days at Mount Hart and then do that, that, that drive down to Queenstown, something special. Um, it's a beautiful drive. I don't know if you did it when you were down here last. Did, yeah. um, it was pretty amazing. So, um, you know, do that drive and then ski a couple of, couple of two, three days in Queenstown. That's a good yeah, option. that's actually, you know, it's, like I said, it's been, it was in the 90s. Okay, I'll disclose it. It's been a long time, but I remember. <laughs> I remember 90s weren't that long ago. I, had the, <laughs> I have a, a few I thought you were going to say 70s. <laughs> One of them was the, uh, was the drive from, from, Queenst from uh, Christchurch to Queenstown. I remember, like, one of the things that sticks out is there's farmers or something that had um, herds of deer. Uh, yeah. And I had, like, never even thought of that was a thing. And then, um, but it was just the, the rolling hillsides. We stopped so many times to take pictures. It's just spectacular. And then um, yeah. we did the drive back to Queenstown the long way up the, up the West Coast. And I had heard it was one of the most oh. beautiful drives in the world. And I confirmed that it is. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's something special on that West Coast, driving through the middle of a forest. And just, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Beautiful, it's, it's beautiful. Else. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, so tell yeah. us a little more about Mount Hutt. What, uh, what are the lift? Uh, what, what's the total lift? you know, uh, capacity, I don't care about capacity so much as what types of lifts are there and that sort of thing. Yeah, cool. So, um, Mount Hutt operates, we, we've essentially got four main lifts. So we have uh, a triple chair, um, which operates below the car park level. So you park and then it drops down below the car park level hmm. and then it operates up to about mid mountain, our main chairlift, which we would call our summit six, which is a high speed six seater, um, detachable chairlift from Leitner as well. That goes, um, from the base building to the summit at 2,086 meters. And then we have our new Norwest Express, which is the new eight-seater, which we put in, which uh, goes up to 1,790 meters, mid-mountain anyway, um, and a brand new lift. So this sort of services most of our beginner to intermediate terrain, mid-mountain. Okay. And um, has, a, you know, if you want to talk capacity, actually, I wouldn't have known this a couple of weeks ago, but I know it now, but it serves about 3,000 people an hour. So 
you yeah, know well, it's a high speed at I guess so. it, 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 it can chew through the people so yeah yeah sounds yeah. like it that's great so it didn't like replace an existing four-person chair or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, it oh, did, did. Yeah, it did. Oh, okay. It replaced the um, one that you, actually was first put in in 1990. So you might have been there <laughs> when it first got <laughs> it put in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it it turned 30 years last year. Um, the quad, and we replaced it this year with the new eight seater. So, <laughs> a little bit sad, but a little bit, but a little bit cool as well. You know. Yeah. Gosh. It's, it's a bit of history in that old lift so is there any more t-bars or j-bars or whatever you folks call them no, no no more t-bars just one other beginner lift which we have which we call is a magic carpet which is a surface lift um but it's fully enclosed so it's enclosed inside a tunnel uh, container can tunnel so it's uh, protected from the weather um, people just like an escalator you stand on it get to the top mm -hmm. of the beginner run okay yeah. does, does mentioning that i wrote a t-bar there date me also <laughs> yeah yeah that's really yeah 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 we had t-bars used to have t-bars everywhere on the mountain as most people were probably growing up riding t-bars almost back antiquated now right back <laughs> in the are. day <laughs> yeah uh you, you learn some lessons from them though don't you yeah i think you learn to appreciate the heated seats michael <laughs> yeah uh, absolutely i i just I'm, I'm on a mission to ski wherever they have those now so but hey eight, at eight capacity you know, chair that that eight seater chair that's like fired out of a cannon. I mean, that's that's a crazy rate of speed that that thing has. So uh, I yep. assume that's almost a thrill in and of itself. Uh, oh, hey, it's, I mean, it's didn't awesome. you guys invent bungee jumping? So I I'd really expect nothing less <laughs> from from the Kiwis then. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give we'll give anything a try. You know what yeah. we're like, guys. Yeah, we'll give it a yes. try. <laughs> if, it, if it looks if it looks like fun, we'll give it a go. That's awesome. <laughs> Nice. so so like if someone traveled to to uh to christchurch to ski there they, it's it, it, i'm assuming it's the same as when i was there that the accommodations are not on the mountain it's down in town or in the area surrounding it meth and maybe it'd be closest yeah exactly so good good point guys so um the, the essentially in new zealand itself there's no accommodation on your ski field so most of the ski fields are serviced by a small town in the valley um, at Mount Hart, we're serviced by a little rural town called Methven, has about 1,700 population. Um, sleeps about 3,000 beds though, so in the winter it comes alive as a ski town. Um, a really, really cool place. Still, um, I don't know the best way to describe it, it's quite real, you know, people will still say hello to you when you're walking down the street, <laughs> um, stop and have a have a chat to you and just ask you where you're from and um, yeah, they're just, just genuine people. Um, Queenstown, obviously a, a much bigger town. Um, amazing. I don't know if you can remember. It's just such a beautiful place down there. Yes. And um, there's so many accommodation options down there, which is awesome. So anything from five-star hotels through to, um, you know, um, Airbnbs and whatnot. Um, so everything's sort of provided for there in, in Queenstown. Yeah. yeah. It is, it and again, you can you can fly direct into there now. There's probably some a big change from when you were here, Lance. You know, you can actually fly direct into Queenstown now, which is um, – which is a great offering. So yeah, that would be yeah. um, probably something you'd like people to rather stop in Christchurch first, though, right? <laughs> to go up to Mount Hood. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, like stopping in the Christchurch. So the, the, probably the main reason for that, too, to be honest with you, is cheaper flights into Christchurch. Like that's the truth. It's a bigger airport. It's bigger capacity. Has more flights. Um, cheaper flights. So. Uh -huh. Um, it, it seems like that's the best option at the moment. Most people fly directly into Christchurch, do a few days at Mount Hart. Um, you know, hopefully stay forever. That's what we want. <laughs> but um, um, ideally, you know, some people will also um, decide to travel down to Queenstown and check out the other uh, other two mountains down there. And, and yeah, like we said, so, it's a great drive. 
one of the other highlights i it's the only time i've ever been heliskiing was in uh was in new zealand and and it was the uh, i think it, it's called methvin heliski and, and they operated right off your mountain is that still the case yeah, so Miffin Halisky is still operating and is probably the same gentleman. Um, Miffin Halisky is run by a, a local man called Kevin Bocop. Um, still operates, still mm-hmm. operates in essentially the the areas in behind Mount Hutt. So there's about three ranges off the back of Mount Hutt: Arrowsmith, Ragged, and the Palmer Range. Um, massive, massive operation. Um, some of the coolest, beautifulest terrain you'll ever get to ski in. Um, been lucky enough still- to do it a couple of times once. Oh, have you, do they still take off and land right there in your out of your base area? We we, we don't we don't so much as do um, that heliski operation out of Mount Hutt anymore. Um, this this one that we're talking about, Miffin Heliski, you, you essentially take a fifty minute drive up onto an active farm station, and uh, they fly you from there up into the um, to those two ranges, the three ranges I was just talking about. So a little bit different. We don't have a, a that offering that used to be on Mount Hutt was just a smaller a slightly smaller scaled down op- operation in the smaller ranges. Um, yeah, they don't offer that anymore. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you wanted so, to add a, a heli ski adventure while you're, while you're visiting Mount Hood, is that something you need to kind of plan well in advance or could you, um, if the weather looks good the next day and they can fly kind of, kind of buy, uh, you know, just by the lift, by the ride kind of thing or. Yeah, you can, you can. I think essentially with Miff and Halley, it's probably uh, you, you need to schedule a, a day in, you know, mm-hmm. say so, so you're over here for a five-day trip, you've got two days at Mount Hart, uh, one of those days you want to make a Halley ski, um, my advice would be to book that in early, say so this is the week I'm coming over, and schedule your whole trip around the best Halley ski day, you yeah. know, from a weather perspective. Cool thing about Miff and Halley and the operation they have out there, and you guys would appreciate this, is um, they have so much terrain to operate out of, um, you know, you can talk about one one essential mountain range, but they'll just pick the aspect of that mountain range that has the best mm-hmm. snow. You know, like yesterday, it might have been the north-facing terrain that had the best snow today because of the, the weather, the other side. So yeah. it's just, it's kind of endless. It's um, yeah. it's a little bit mind-blowing, actually. One of the coolest things about the heli ski operation is you're, you're in the middle of this valley. You've skied down to, um, you know, over a thousand meter vertical. You're, you're absolutely buggered you're sitting down and next minute the heli comes in and you think he's picking you up for your next run and then out comes this uh, picnic and you, you have a lunch right there in the middle of the valley in the, in the mountains it's 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 really a pretty cool That's awesome. um, experience awesome. yeah yeah yeah, Great. yeah. Uh, all right so on the mountain what do they have for dining and other services yeah so we have two cafes uh, which we operate out of um, Mount Hutt. So we upstairs is our a la carte, um, you know, cafe style dining. Um, order at the table a little bit, um, a little bit flashier, um, menu style. So more probably like a traditional cafe. Um, and then downstairs in our other cafe we have 1610, which just serves um, your your coffees. I think coffee's a massive thing at the moment. Like everybody's. Um, everybody's into their coffee, that's for sure. So we, we churn through a lot of coffees there and your, and your um, little takeaway sandwiches and whatnot and then your regular cafe food um, further down the chain as well. So, right on. Yeah. So would, yep. um, would either, like if, for those who have Icon passes, would either season work or do they have to have this upcoming season or, or how would that work? It's a really good question and I tried to do a little bit more. I, I, I honestly, we're sitting with the Mountain Collective. I, I, I honestly can't answer that question at okay. the moment. It's something we'd have to look at. Yeah, sorry, guys. Just no need problem. to look at the website and uh, 
and suss that one out a little bit more myself, to be honest. Yeah. There's been a few changes in that space, so I'm just unable to answer that one right now. Right, Sorry, when guys. you got better information, sure, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't want to steer people the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good yeah. good idea. So yeah. um, people want to come over there and, and, and ski the, the, I guess, Southern Alps, as, as we hear it called. What... Um, what other activities do you either personally or, or do you hear of other tourists enjoying when they're there to get this adrenaline buzz that seems to go along with uh, traveling to New Zealand? Uh, well, I think you mentioned it before, you know, if you're heading to Queenstown, um, be prepared. Um, if it's in your blood to get a little bit of adrenaline rush, there's so many activities <laughs> down in Queenstown that you can really jump on. So from bungee, you know, uh, jumping yeah. off a bridge with a rubber band doesn't seem appealing, but uh, <laughs> believe me, it's it's pretty fun. <laughs> um <laughs> Jet boating um, is one of the other experiences that you probably want to uh, tick the box on. It's 100% adrenaline. Just flying through um, a river in a jet boat is, uh, is something else. Um, you know, there's parachuting, there's um, skydiving. Um, there's a bunch of um, zip line experiences also. Um, canyon swing. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much anything. Those, that you... those canyon swings like I saw a video. Oh, next next level. Oh, yeah. You, wow. you did it? No, I saw a video of it and I thought, who oh, in yeah. the world? <laughs> oh, it's next level. It's, uh, yeah. I think that the, the funny thing about bungee is you stand up there and you're all confident and, you you know, you think, oh, I've got this, I've got this. This is no problems whatsoever. And the second you jump, you're just like, I shouldn't have done that. You know, like, <laughs> Absolutely. <it's, laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's the rush. That's the rush. No matter how confident you are or how cocky you, you think you might be, I think the minute you step off that platform, you're like, shit, I shouldn't have done that. You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Methven itself, we have, we have a couple of um, jet boat, we have a jet boat operation as well, um, Discovery Jet, um, which uh, cruises up a beautiful river. The cool thing about New Zealand is our braided river systems, and that's where the jet boat comes from. You know, we have a, a quite unique um, river system, and um, these jet boats were designed here in New Zealand to, to travel up and down these uh, these uh, quite like shallow shingle-based rivers, gravel-based rivers. So that that in itself is uh, quite scenic. It doesn't necessarily have to be about the adrenaline, but there's some really amazing scenic elements to it as well. So if you've yeah. got a family and you're looking for something just a little bit more mellower, then they can cater it for you that way as well. All right. So, yeah. So, so um, and then what about um, in the, uh, like, New Zealand area, if, uh, or in New Zealand area, excuse me, in the Christchurch area, the Methven area where you guys are, um, is it advisable to try and fit in some fishing in the middle of winter also, or? Oh, 100%, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, just quietly, you know, we don't want to tell anyone about it because that's the way we roll in New Zealand, but we're one of the better fishing areas in, in the world, really. Um, something like close to Meffin, we have something like five um, lakes, all fishable lakes within about a 40-minute drive from Meffin itself. You know, we don't, don't, don't tell anyone about that. Though. That's okay. kind of secret, you know. <laughs> that, that, that sort of fisherman's, fisherman's spot sort of yarn, you know. We yeah, don't we'll, want to tell we'll, anybody we'll, we'll keep you on after we stop recording a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have, maybe we'll have a member's episode only later. <laughs> I think I'm smelling a fly fisherman on this call. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're lucky enough to have quite a few um, operators here in Methven as well who um, will do fishing tours. Uh, uh, backcountry, backcountry tours is one of those. Uh, so one of those operators who... Um, you catch up with one of the fishing guides and he takes you to some spots that are just, you know, nobody knows about and guaranteed to catch, catch some fish. So right yeah. Awesome. Like that trout yeah. pretty much up there. Or yeah. A lot of, a lot, a lot of salmon? trout fishing. 
Yep, we also have salmon as well. Our salmon okay. season won't start until about October, so the end, okay. sort of just on the tail in the end of winter. Um, but with the river system we talked about just before, um, some of the best salmon fishing in, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say the world because I know Northern Hemi is probably pretty pretty good, but, um, you know, we, we like to think it's quite good. Yeah, it's the yeah. reputation. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 it's very good, it's very good. So the salmon fishing has been has been amazing of late. So that's yeah, another little something else you can tick off the box as well. I mean hiking and all all, all of those things. You know, I, I think New Zealand's quite renowned for its scenery. Um, one thing about New Zealand is I think wherever you drive, you'll always find a little piece of your own home. Wherever you're from in the world, somewhere in New Zealand looks like that particular area. Um, everywhere I go in the world, I always see something. I go, oh, that reminds me of New Zealand. Oh, that reminds me of this place in New Zealand. And so vice versa, you know, when people travel to New Zealand, they, they can, they get that little sense of home, which is quite cool. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a pretty uh, diverse country, right? You got mountains, yeah. you got everything. So it's yeah, a little bit of a uh, little bit of everything. That's cool. Yeah. Um, being, being so small and close, close to the coast, you know, you can have mountains to, uh, I mean, that's the other good thing about my heart. You can, you can ski snowboard in the morning and go for a surf in the afternoon, you know, like, Oh, Not a lot wow. of places in the world you can do that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome, man. No, after doing all those activities, what's what's the go-to beer? Is it the only New Zealand beer I know about is Steinlager? Steinlager. Right? Oh, yeah, I'm an America's Cup <laughs> fan, and, and they always sponsored the the black boats, oh, right? So I was just going to ask if we're allowed to talk about America's Cup, gentlemen. Are we allowed to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, we can talk about America's. Cup. <laughs> it, it, humble, it is called you know, America's Cup, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> should we call it New Zealand's Cup? Is that what you're saying? No, no. <laughs> Um, great race, great race. Yeah, yeah, guys. Um, beer, New Zealand beer. Steinlager obviously is, you know, still, still there, still performing really well. What's happened in New Zealand in terms of beer? And I think it's probably everywhere in the world. But your little micro um, right, boutique breweries have, have blown up. Yeah. Um, there's a cool little spot here in in Methven where um, you walk into a bar and he's just got every single boutique beer you can think of, and you get a passport. And on your passport, you'll get stamped every time you try one of those beers. So there's people that are going in there and, you know, like they've been going in there for the last six months still trying to get through their passport, you know, of, of these you different styles. you got to finish the job, you know. you got to get the job done, you right? Get you got to get those stamps done. in your passport. You can't travel right now. So, like, yeah. you know, yeah, at the moment. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that, that's definitely what's happening. There's lots of little microbreweries micro blowing up. And, um, and even your bigger brewery companies are coming up with some pretty um, amazing flavors with beer, you know. So... Awesome. Um, some great watering holes here in Methven. Some great little bars. Um, same in Queenstown, obviously. Um, I think we'll um, we'll provide most of the, what people are looking for when they come on over. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Apri Ski. You know, in, in North America, we're all about nachos. Is is there a snack that you kind of is kind of a go to thing in New Zealand or just uh, pub food kind of? What one hundred percent in Queenstown? If you go to Queenstown, you've got to have a Ferg Burger. Like you, you okay. might not have heard of it, but it's um, it's the most famous. You, you might you might queue up for half an hour just to get this food really? burger, but um, it's really worth it. Yeah, especially and, at like one or two one or two o'clock in the morning when you okay. rolled out of a of a bar somewhere. <laughs> and, and with with the language barrier, I'm, I'm, I'm missing. How is that spelled? Is it? Ferg. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ferg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. F e r g. F e r g. Okay, that G is important. <laughs> very, very. <laughs> Very. Yeah. Don't go asking for something else now. <laughs> oh, well, Richie, this is awesome. I know you have a flight to catch. You said you're heading over to Sydney. What you got going on over there before we wrap things up? Yeah, so Sydney, we're heading into our second snow expo. Um, I'll be there tomorrow. Um, obviously trying to 
trying to um, talk to people about our offering in New Zealand right now and um, get some get some Australians to come on over and, and come skiing with us. Um, it's also a really good opportunity to, to chat to other ski areas and, and see what they're up to and you know like it, the cool thing about the ski ski industry is we're all pretty tight and it's great to talk to you guys as well you know like the fact that you guys actually want to see what we're up to like that doesn't happen in other industries I think there's something we should celebrate you know like um, everybody wants to know what we're up to we're all about sharing information and sharing the love so um, that's pretty cool that's a cool part of um, the yeah. ski industry so ho yeah. hopefully the listeners um, feel that as well appreciate yeah. it Richie that's, that's what we're trying to do you know we're a sharing the love international community about. so yeah 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 it's refreshing it really is gents because and i'm sure you know you know other industries are not like this it's uh mm -hmm. they're very protective of the patch and they don't want to talk uh, to each other or you know share information but I, I really don't feel it's like that in the ski industry and it's something that we should celebrate oh that's, that's cool for sure. absolutely yeah yeah i like that yep. you have a, a fun new zealand parting story for us you've been doing this a long time you've been skiing a long time. <laughs> what's a fun new zealand <laughs> i don't know we've got a parting new zealand story um <laughs> No, nah, not really, gentlemen. Not okay, really. all right, we can live without oh. it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, you put me on the spot. None that I'm you can tell. Good. No, one, one in which the statute of limitations has run. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Well, Richie, uh, this is awesome. Uh, anything else about Mount Hutt or any other uh, mountains that that uh, we haven't touched on? I think we've touched on everything. Obviously, all of the, you know. I guess um, listeners are probably want to gonna you know if they if they want to check out some further information we've got our websites which have um, pretty much everything on there um, you know with that question before with the icon mountain collective passes um, all that information's on there yeah um, be prepared it's it, it's a different it's a different experience to um, to the northern hemi and and that's what's quite cool about it um, I think. You know, you, you were here in the '90s. I don't think things have changed a whole heap in New Zealand. We're we're a little bit slower paced. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. like to just take things <laughs> take things a little bit easy. Yeah. And um, I always remember this guy said to me once. Uh, oh, no, I, I won't tell that story. It's a little bit. <laughs> it's a little bit off the cuff. <laughs> I thought about it for a second. Most of our episodes, we do try and maintain a G a G rating. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. That, I was just thinking that. So Not all of them. Yeah. Well, hey, this has been awesome, Richie. We'll uh, keep in touch, and uh, we really appreciate your time. I wish you safe travels over to Australia. And uh, again, thanks. Once again, thanks, gentlemen, and thanks to the listeners. Kia ora, as we say in New Zealand, and um, uh, another, another one I'd like say is uh, Haere Mai, which is welcome. So um, come on over and experience um, New Zealand if you get the opportunity. We'd love to host you. We're, we're getting a long list of places to visit from these conversations we've been having. So yeah, really, really appreciate it, Richie. And uh, yeah, check us out at On The Lift Podcast on Instagram. And uh, we also have a website at On The Lift Podcast. Dot com. Where, what's what's our what's our address, Lance? Yeah, it's on the lippodcast.com. On the lippodcast.com. And, and right? uh, yeah, if you have questions for Richie or for us or whatever, leave us a voice message or a text at 253-260-4577. Yeah, we actually get most of the interaction from that voicemail. It's funny. So yeah, if you have any yeah. questions about skiing in New Zealand, uh, by all means, call us up, leave us a message, and uh, we can circle back with Richie and get you an answer if you guys want to plan a trip down there. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. All right. Well, we're at the top of the lift here. Bar down. <laughs> Keep your tips up. And, uh, no, bar up. Bar up. <laughs> bar down. I'm going to the bar. <laughs> all right. All right. Safe travels, Richie. All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks, Jim.
It's time to offload the final chair and end this episode of On The Lift Podcast. Bar up, tips up, sweep that hill, and see you next week. Visit us at ontheliftpodcast.com where you can listen to back episodes of the podcast. You'll also find show notes, feedback box, and our call-in number. 